Um, Wow! Sorry, I'm actually putting stings in now, so that was to indicate. <laughs> I was like, "Is that going on the rail?" <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm I'm cutting that out. I'll put it. I'll Whatever. put it. I'll put in an actual guitar. <clears throat> Whatever works. Um, awesome. I think you should. Leave I reckon in. you should leave that shit in. You should just like scat. I think. Your way I think this, this should just, be the re-up. Really, just like beatbox. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Reop. I'm your host, Owen Blackwell, at the round table with Tori Maguire, Chris Payne, and Josh Butler. Today on the show, the many woes of one nation, the campaign to oust Immigration Minister Peter Dutton in his electorate, and surprise sexism in the federal parliament. First up, I'm going to play you all this clip from late last week. It's Senators Pauline Hanson and Scott Ludlam at a committee hearing. Absolutely. Yes, um, we, then, we cover the matters. Then you might like to explain to me then why was One Nation targeted in the Four <laughs> Corners interview and also in the 7.30 report just recently. Does it look like you broke the law? You have actually... Because you seem to have broken the law. Excuse me, I'm asking well, no, questions. Senator, Senator Hanson. It's not targeting, it's journalism. Senator and Senator Ludlam, other senators here were heard in silence when they were asking questions this evening. And just because you don't agree with another senator... I just don't you, agree with people breaking se the law. Senator, senator Ludlam... You can remove yourself from this room if you don't want to listen to the questions. I'll listen in. But other senators know breaking the law, and I want Senator Hanson. <laughs> so there you have it. Things keep turning to shit for Pauline Hanson, and they're not our words, they're her words. It's great Later. expression, too, isn't it? It yeah. is. It's perfect. It's, <laughs> it's so perfect. evocative. And some great shit stirring there from Ludlam. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it's been a week of, of recordings, both public and secret, for uh, Pauline Hanson's One Nation. Um, she was heard earlier this week uh, saying in, in one recording she expressed concern about the leaking of information about a plane used for party business and this comes just months before the controversy erupted about whether the plane had been properly declared. In the recording, Hansen can be heard to say, I get pissed off, Ian, because people get the shits with me and then they go into the media and this turns to shit. It was the start of a rough week for the senator who had to put up with that heckling from Scott Ludlam. Under the investigation by the Australian Electoral Commission for possible breaches of electoral laws and amidst mounting pressure, One Nation senators have also attempted to flex their crossbench muscle by demanding the Turnbull government slash the budget of the ABC. And now there are allegations that Hanson received thousands of dollars in political donations into her personal bank account. What does the table make of this <laughs> political situation? I love that Pauline Hanson thinks the problem is that people get the shits with her and leak to the media. It's not the problem. The problem is not her behaviour or the behaviour of her party executive or um, any anything over which she has any control. It's all everyone else's fault. Mm. And the ABC is targeting me. It's like, well, if you didn't do things that were, could be possibly seen as illegal in some circumstances, no one would be targeting you. Like it's the stories that they're running is not like, oh, you know, um, like she's saying the ABC is targeting her. And if it was stories like, oh, you know, at the One Nation, you know, AGM, someone stole the biscuits, like that, that's targeting. Like that's a dumb story. But this is like they didn't, you know, the allegation didn't declare things, and that you know they were trying to rip off their own candidates and rip off the AEC and rip off. Electoral funding, all that sort of stuff. This is like pretty serious shit that we're talking about. This is not little little potatoes. I think Ludlam's right. It sounds a lot like journalism. Mm. And she's saying that the ABC are being, and media in general, being biased against her and One Nation. But you also have Peter Dutton saying the ABC is biased against him and the coalition. And you have various politicians from all sides of politics accusing ABC and others of bias. And it seems to be this fake news kind of catch mm. cry 
we talked a lot about fake news this morning at an event, that just because you don't like how you're portrayed in the media or, or coverage which could be unkind to you, that it's wrong and the funding should be cut and everyone's biased. Mm. It's it's kind of lazy and it's getting, uh, I think, people starting to see through it. They're all doing it though, aren't yep. they? All sides are doing it. Anthony Albanese accused us of fake news because we had a story about um, a speech that he made that, quite frankly, tipped a bucket on Labor's response to the budget. And the headline was, Albo tips a bucket on Shorten's response <laughs> to the budget. The story was quoted directly from his on-the-record speech. And because he didn't like the treatment of it, he described it as fake news. I mean, I love that one talk about with, lazy. That one with Matthias Coleman this week about that story about Ken Wyatt. Oh, yeah. That one where he was oh, like, yeah. oh, if no one sort of heard his story, there's a story about um, Ken White, who's the um, Indigenous Aged Care Minister. I can't remember what his exact portfolio is, but there was a story about him um, uh, supposedly having this, this pre-selection battle in his seat in um, in, in WA. Um, and there was this record, this story from the, in the Sydney Morning Herald, on the record quotes from Ken White saying, blah, blah, I'm going to fight it, I'm going to stand up, and all that sort of stuff. And Matthias Coleman wrote on Twitter, this is, he didn't say fake news, but he wrote something, what did he say? It's a, he Some... said, this story is a is an invention. Yeah. yeah Never happened. And so he's he's retweeted James Masol, who wrote that story directly. Yeah. And has, which had on the record quotes. From Ken White. And has like said it's... that it's an invention. He is specifically saying, you have made you, this up. Yeah. yeah. And they have to be able to back this up as well. They can't just say it's an invention and it's news to everyone and it's fake news or whatever. And it's yeah. rubbish. Like when it when it's stories like those those like, you know, stories that we often see, like your anonymous sources say are well placed insiders mm. in the college. Some that, of those that, are. That's sort of, that, that is fake news. That's sort of that is sometimes one thing. And like yeah. that yeah. if you're the average sure. punter, you can read that and go, oh, there's no no one's names in that story. Mm-hmm. Like you read this Ken Wyatt yeah. and Ken Wyatt's bloody giving him an interview. Yeah. Like it's Ken Wyatt. I mean Minister for XYZ has been quoted in the story. And it's the like, people who um, James wrote about as being potential candidates also yeah. were quoted on the record. Now they denied that they were Act, acting, but the story was 100% yeah. straight up. Do, like, do, uh, do politicians think that we all sit around organisationally mm-hmm. together in some big secret meeting and figure out how to bullshit our way to come up with this inge- agenda that suits yeah. all of us? If only we were genuinely organised. I genuinely believe that's what some of them think. I mean, because I was yeah. thinking about this on the train this morning. You're a politician, you're in a foxhole, you know, you look at things through them and us, that kind of lens, and then some bad news comes along, you know, you, you you could understand being naturally inclined to go, oh, it's all a plot, it's all fake news, you know, it's it's part of that tribal attitude, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah back on Hanson now, all these stories, they're not unfair stories. Like if these, no, they're, if, no, they're not. If you had this exact interest. same story, but you substituted the word One Nation for Greens or Liberal or Labor, like, no, the, the story wouldn't be treated differently. 100%. It wouldn't It wouldn't be not covered. It wouldn't be, oh, you know, the Greens, that, so that's not covered. It'd be like, if, if you're asking for personal donations to go into your personal bank account, if you're, you know, there's these questions over a plane, there's questions over, you know, how much you're charging the candidates to run as a candidate for your party, and, you know, maybe here's a plan that we can get some money out of the Electoral Commission by, you know, do, do up our receipts and stuff like no there's no journalist in the country that wouldn't run that about any party in the country if that was at the fluoride free party we'd be talking about this story it's also entirely (laughs) unsurprising that once again one nation has turned out to be a total cluster bucket of mismanagement and self-interest yeah because this happens every time and it happens with all the minor parties the only one who it hasn't happened to so far is nick xenophon Mm. but almost every personality-led party turns into a total mess very very quickly it happened with clive palmer it happened with family first it happened with pauline hansen many many times over (laughs) will it happen Um, with the australian conservatives 
oh, look. <laughs> Let's wait and see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> how, how are they doing now, the Australian Conservatives? What's what's what's? Oh, uh, I don't know. Is, it, is it just one? one? Just, no, it's just Corey. They got Mark Latham. still Corey. Yeah. And Mark Latham. No, Mark Latham is Liberal Democrats. Oh, that's right. Oh, He's yeah. joined David Lionhelm. David Lionhelm. How could I get them confused? Yeah. I wonder if we'll see him in the parliament again. I think um, <laughs> the Australian Conservatives probably needed another member of parliament to cross over to have any impact. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Moving on to Peter Dutton, the activist group GetUp has raised almost $200,000 in less than a week for a campaign to unseat the immigration minister. Um, but at the same time, the Courier-Mail is reporting the LNP is proposing a plan that could weaken its chances in three seats while protecting Dutton's political future. Dutton's hold on his seat of Dixon is razor thin, and the article notes that recent polling suggests he would have trouble holding on to it in an election. The LNP's submission to the AEC calls for federal electorate redistribution, which would see the highly conservative voting areas of Lilly and Longman moved into Dixon. It seems like the LNP is interested in protecting Peter Dutton, and we have heard talk of possible uh, leadership aspirations, and at the same time, now get up raising money to defeat him in his seat. I feel like we've been here before. I believe they did this in the mm. last election as they well. Did, yeah. And he, he has a razor-thin majority. I mean, is this a threat to his seat, or uh, Peter Dutton looks like he's spoiling for a fight? So He's such a mystery to me, yeah. Peter Dutton. I... I am at a loss to understand how he has amassed so much power in the party room, the federal party room, considering his manner and his unpopularity in the electorate and the fact that he's got such a slim majority. I mean, what this means is that he'll have to spend every waking minute in his electorate mm, yeah. in in an approaching election, which does hamper any sort of leadership mm, um, mm. ambitions. And I just I can't quite get my head around how he's managed to... It almost seems like Malcolm Turnbull's afraid of Peter Dutton. I think and I can't seems figure out, of, it, and I can't really figure out on like what that. grounds. Like, mm. why? Yeah, well, I, I think, like you say, Tori, like, it, it is that sort of weird relationship between, like, he's so unpopular in the wider community, but he seems to have some, you know, decent level of support in the party. Mm. Maybe, like, I think it's because they, they could be linked. Like, there's probably a reason. Like, he's the guy that is happy to go out and put his face on this really unpopular, you know, border protection regime. He's the guy that's happy to come out and badmouth Lebanese people on Sky News. So he's, he's happy to come out and mm. say, you know... It, there was, a, there was that profile in uh, Fairfax over the weekend, and he was like, "I don't care about what people think about me. I don't care mm. about the hate. I don't care about this sort of stuff." And there's probably there's, that's probably a lot of his power. I think like he's he's the guy that they put out. He's the guy that's happy to go out and put his name yeah. to some popular thing and get slammed and get trolled so and get totally like crucified for it. But that means the rest of the guys don't have to get their hands dirty for it. Yeah. Howard capitalized on that a bit. I mean, in the but sense he that he was so much more sophisticated. He was in the most, way that he did it absolutely, but he was unpopular, and yet at the yeah. same time, you know was leading a government for yeah. so i mean it's mm. not it's not undoable uh, as far as dotton is concerned but yeah, yeah 200 grand I, I don't know how much a, a normal politician like him would spend on their campaign but 200 like grand is a, is a lot is a lot of money to spend mm. and know, a, a, a against him yeah in, in, a, in a week and that's not money for that's that's like vote for anyone apart from peter dutton mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. that's what they, this is a campaign it, it's yeah. not saying vote for the labor guys it's not saying vote for the greens guys it's saying don't vote for peter yeah, dutton yeah but see that's not going to work yeah. The only way you can defeat Peter Dutton is with a really strong candidate. Oh, no, of Everyone course. Everyone throws Absolutely. all of yeah, their yeah. resources behind and preference deals are done. And, it was the know. same with Abbott in Warringah. There was uh, that big um, 
pushed to unseat him at the last election, but there was about eight mm. people that were running and the votes got split up so yeah. much. Yeah, they cannibalised one another. Yeah, there was a the Xenophon candidate, and there was like James Matheson mm. from Australian Ireland, and there was a Labor guy, and there was a Greens um, candidate as well, and so they all got yeah. little bits of the vote, and they all teamed up like they would have probably got him. And everyone sort of looks to the defeat of John Howard in his seat as well as in the election as like this thing that they should try and do. But that was, Maxine McHugh was a very big name, very yeah. high profile mm. candidate. And she and her husband spent so long, mm. um, day and night in that electorate. That's all they did mm. for a very long time with a huge amount of support from the Labor Party. And there was no other sort of other runner taking yeah. votes away. Yeah, she was and a dedicated spoiler. So to pull something like that off, it's highly, um, you know, you need to plan it. Although I suppose we're still a long way out from an election, but, you know, as soon as you start raising money, who's going to get the money? Now it's going to become a big competition to see who, you know, which one of 18 wannabes puts their hand up and gets support. Mm. His relationship with the Prime Minister as well, I think we spoke about this a few weeks ago, he... I mean, there's a lot of conservative MPs in that party that you see taking pot shots at various policy things in, in the press, but Dutton doesn't. He, he's a, he's mm. a team player for someone who's on that conservative wing and is talked about as a leader. I'm, I'm wondering, is he also a patient player? You know, maybe he's he's not ever going to make a play for prime ministership under Malcolm Turnbull. It's a wait and see until the next election kind of thing. These are just my musings, yeah. of course, gentle listener. But... He would have to know how unpopular he is in the electorate. Mm. And he would also have to have looked at the last seven or eight years of Australian, um, you know, prime ministerial football and know that people are pretty sick of it. Mm. I mean, no matter how badly Turnbull's going, to knife him before the next election, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. that's just going to hand the election to Bill Shorten, yeah, isn't they it? Yeah, can't but, go that but, high ground again, yeah. But like, he's, but like he says, he doesn't care what people think of mm. him. He might not care that the electorate doesn't like him. and he's. But if he wants to be Prime Minister, he has to start. He has to, but he's convinced that he's the person who can stand up and be bold mm. and make mm. these unpopular decisions, and he may convince himself that mm. that is what Australia needs. Mm. So I wouldn't rule out a challenge from him. Oh, Okay. Um, And finally, um, Alex Alex Gallagher, the senator, um, the only note I've written here is just like, man, what are you even about, mate? It's his (laughs) comment in estimates, I believe, uh, regarding Julie Bishop's expenses. The 38th foreign minister is probably the only female in the list of Australian foreign ministers. Were there decorations, including flowers? Why is that relevant? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what the relevance was of uh, Senator Gallagher's question just then, that because it's a female foreign minister, uh, we have to know about decorations and flowers. I'm not really sure about that. I, I would have thought if, if, uh, if a coalition senator had asked that, perhaps Senator Wong would be up in arms right now. But I, uh, I, don't, I don't see the relevance. OK, thank you. Well, I've it's given great. a directive now in terms of how well, those well, questions are to be dealt with. Seriously. Why is that relevant? Because she's a female foreign minister. I'm supposed to comment on anything, uh, always, right? Anything to do with gender or race. You well, I can guarantee. Thank, thank you both. Do you know when you're, like, watching TV with your parents and something like a sex scene comes on or something and you just go beat red in sympathy? That's, that's how I felt then, <laughs> just listening to that, because... It was a hugely embarrassing moment and kind of silly and out of place, I would have thought. Oh, just look. Like really lame. I didn't feel embarrassed for him. No. I just felt embarrassed that that was said. Yeah, that's what I mean. But that's like that like we him. had to listen to it has just caused me to go kind of, 
you know. And it like, just oh. it just goes to look. I'm involved in a lot of organisations that are about you know promoting gender diversity and feminism, and I confront all the time people saying, "Oh well, you know, it's all right now. Like there's no sexism now." And it's like things like that. It it's on the one hand it makes me sad. And on the other hand, it's like, see, look over here, people. This is the problem. And it's exactly the same. The other thing that happened this week is the um, all the media companies got together and put in a joint um, – had a joint press conference on media diversity, which is hilarious, because there was 23 signatories to the joint media statement, all leaders of Australian media companies, and two of them were women, and the other woman who was the joint signatory was – from the industry group. So it just, like, there were more blokes whose names started with J than there were women mm. on this. And they were also really white. And so it, things like that comment and things like, you know, a press release that shows in black and white how undiverse the media is just go to make me go, oh, God, I'm really tired of all this, but next week we have to start again. Mm. And don't forget to check out the rest of our collection on the HuffPost podcast network, including HuffPost Refresh and HuffPost Humans. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or a comment on iTunes or get in touch on podcasts at huffingtonpost.com.au.